All right, so let's take this declaration together. It's on page two for those who don't know it by heart. It's what we take usually when we start to pray. I just want us to do it a number of times for those who are joining us remotely. I want to listen to this again and again. They will be able to memorize it also. All right, are we there? You are going to do it as if you want to pray. Even though we are going into teaching, we just want us to take this chance together. Now do it with a robust heart. Amen? But I want to, let's go. Turn to the presence of the Father, each one as a renewed child of God. We have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. We thank the Lord for saving us. We thank the Lord for washing us clean. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. We have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better than the things blood of Abel. We declare in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Never forget it. That's the basis upon which we approach God anytime we come to pray. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That's how we come. We do not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We only come because we have received grace. Anytime we want to pray, bear that in mind. Please, let me ask you, when you want to pray, until this thing enters your heart, recite it. Especially when you are praying in a group. Because no matter how much you say these things, people sometimes, what they have learned the other way for a long time, is, is hard to stop it. So we keep on reciting this because this is the word of the Lord. All right? All right, the Lord is good. All right, today's our school of prayer again. We are coming to learn how to pray. One of the most important things that the Lord gave to us as command, a commandment, as an instruction. And as we come, we receive from the Lord understanding. Say amen to that. Amen. We receive from him insight. Amen. We receive from him wisdom. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And because of that, we declare as follows. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, so let's continue the teaching on the fundamental principles of prayer. We have been looking at that um, for some time. And we are going to continue again in that regard today. Prayer basics. Today I want us to start from the book of, well, number of scriptures we read. Let's start from the book of James chapter 5. I want to read about six verses towards there. James chapter 5. And then we'll go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Last time, there was something I was trying to say, which I never said. It's something I said many times, so let me quickly start by saying it. Pray that the Lord will let us finish it. I said that, I was trying to quote Derek Prince. That Derek Prince said <laughs> that the most 
that is the most important or most powerful person on the earth is not the multi-millionaire, it's not the government official, it's not the head of state, it's not the um, billionaire that owns many great companies, but it's the person who knows how to get his prayers answered. I hope you're getting my point. So that is the most important person. That's the most powerful person. The fellow who knows how to get answer to prayers. We said it at the beginning, just felt like repeating it last time, but I just never could get around to making this simple statement. For that reason, it's so important that instead of pursuing money, we should pursue what? The knowledge of how to have prayers answered. Instead of pursuing connections, we should learn how to pray. Instead of waking up in the morning <laughs> and running around so that you can lose weight and live long, go and learn how to pray. I hope you are getting my point. I am not saying you shouldn't run around, shouldn't jog. Did I say so? I am just saying that Jesus said, it, no, the Bible says it will not prolong your life. It's in scripture like that. Which of you, by taking thought, <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. That's the one. Jesus said that. Paul said, physical exercise only profits a little or for a little while. So let's bear that in mind. Or bear those things in mind. So what, instead of doing that, learn how to pray. You can pray for long life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And God will grant it. And he will say to you, like Hezekiah, I have given you 15 more years. No doctor can say that. No exercise specialist can say that. And the Lord will just say simply, I have given you 15 more years. He can look at you and say, I have given you 20 more years. There are people that he looked at and he said that they would not die. If you li- listen to a man like Sadhu Salvaraj, he says some deep mystical things. He wrote it in his book, The Maharishi of Mount Kailash. He told the, well, he wrote the story of Sadhu Sundar Singh, who met a man that then was supposedly about 400 years old, living in one of the caves on the Himalayas. The only book he had with him was an old Bible. That's all he used to read. What does he do in our life? He's an intercessor. The Lord carries him from one place to the other, praying. Now, if we believe that, that tells you something. I'm not saying that's the word, the word of God said that, or I'm just giving you an experience of somebody. I know, of course, I believe things like that anyway. You can ask God for long life and He will give it. Instead of reading. <laughs> Sorry, I laugh. <laughs> Sorry, I keep laughing. No, I find some of this is very ridiculous. The other day I was, I think, was it on YouTube or radio? Someone said, Have you ever heard of Hallelujah Diet? I burst into laughter. <laughs> He said, if you want to know more, call this number. I said, I'm not calling any number. I don't want to know more. I've heard about the diet before. What is it supposed to do for you? And I, I hear of all kinds of diets that are only meant for rich people. Any diet that does not allow you to eat up in the morning, you have to have hammered before you get involved. I've seen people practice those things. They are chopping lettuce and cucumbers and mixing with green peas and carrots in the morning. You are rich. Honestly, you don't have problems. You don't have problems. You're not carrying babies to school At all. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's obvious. It's, you know, there's some things you see. You just look. 
You just look. You know, one man said something once I saw it on Twitter. I wasn't laughed. I, I laughed, I laughed. You know, one of these speakers, someone said something on Twitter. You know, as a husband, you do like this, this will happen. Your wife will really relate like this, how you do this in the house. Somebody said, you're obviously not married. That's <laughs> the comment somebody wrote that you're obviously not married. He said, we don't need to know you. From this year that you just wrote, you don't have a wife. That he said, go and get married and come and write this nonsense another 10 years. That's what the best, I'm not the one that said it though. This is a girl, get my name, write this rubbish for us in under 10 years. I had a very good laugh. The Lord is good. So there are kinds of diets I see people advocate. I said, just go and give a lecture to the club of millionaires who stopped having children 10 years ago. There's no mother who has to rush baby to daycare, to primary school, that has time for shredding lettuce in the morning. As you grab bread like this, for road is tough, put a car inside, squeeze it. And the Lord is walking through the bread, through their car. All these burgers that God gave Africans, may nobody take it away from us in Jesus' name. Amen. Come with rubbish diet to scatter our system. Should I tell you what's hallelujah diet? The real one, the one God made. Any food you receive with Thanksgiving. They tell you it's keto diet, Atkins diet, all kinds of diets. Anyway, it's not as the problems of prosperity. I've never seen a refugee discussing diet. <laughs> refugee discussing diet? The fellow eats anything set before him without asking questions. So you have eaten and you are full. You don't want to die. Start discussing diet. The Lord is good. As a banker, what, what kind of diet do you operate? If, if it's sweet, I eat it. If it doesn't worry me directly, I eat it. When I'm satisfied, I stop eating it. I eat until I'm happy. If you look at my food, I see something is inside. You don't like it. I rebuke you. Get behind me. Satan. Some people came and told Africans, don't eat egg. I said, Africans, you don't eat egg. Have you seen egg before? I said, don't eat butter. I said, we well, don't eat butter. We'll eat margarine. Most of these guys have never seen They don't even know what's butter. A few years ago, they now said it is uh, sugar. I started laughing again. Sorry, before I get to my message, let me just tell you. Just know whose problem you are solving before you start solving it. Some of these problems are American problems. People who don't buy soft drinks, they fetch it like tap. You enter a, 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 a fast food joint, you enter McDonald's. You know in Nigeria, when you enter, either it's tasty or crunchies or anything, as if they give you that Coke, you are paying for it. If you come for another bottle, they come for another money. If you drink two bottles, you pay two monies. For those other people on the other side, you come in, you pay for the chicken and chips, and you pay for a, an empty cup of drink. That's what they give you. The cup is empty. Then they show you the tap where the drink is. You are giving them money for the cup. If you fill that cup ten times, they don't check. That is why they preach what they preach. Many of those countries, bottled water is more expensive than a soft drink. And you'll be going around solving problems you don't have. Those women were in school, some brothers said they are living a fasted life because of Ken Hagen. Ken Hagen was using suspender to hold trousers. He couldn't use a belt. Yeah. <laughs> because of the guess. Of his loins. <laughs> you can see how they do. 
I said, my brethren, you will just disappear. <laughs> the Lord is good. Please. Now, one day, you know, I used, to, I used to have a Twitter account where I used to cause trouble on Twitter. But I've lost even if the Spirit didn't like it. So <laughs> I lost the password. I can't access it again. So when I want to cause trouble that time, I go to that account. Use it to cause, but I didn't use to do bad things. Just... So one prominent Nigerian won't mention his name. That is 68th birthday or something. 50 something, yeah, about 55, thereabout. Yeah, close to 60. So he took a picture of himself, looking very trim and handsome, you know? Nice guy. He said he doesn't eat breakfast, that in the morning he takes a cup of coffee and all of that. So I, I, I tweeted back to him. I said, obviously, sir, you don't have problems. You don't dig. You don't, you don't run up the steps. You're not a salesperson. Do you get it? Yes. I, I, I told him, I said, oh, you don't get a problem now. When I just drink one cup of coffee and with this and then, and you're looking like this. Hey, yeah. All brickly as I know, they look better than this. They are six-pack. Two pack, three pack. There are packs everywhere. Meanwhile, this guy is the days up in the morning, yam and beans, fio fio, that kind of thing. In the afternoon, at night, they finally managed to eat pounded yam or something like that. And they can't add weight. How can you add weight? So one man added his own. He said, they said, if you want to be rich, do as the rich do. So in the morning, I drank tea. And I went to work. I almost died. <laughs> because the guy, the guy says he's a construction worker. They say he want to be a millionaire. Do like millionaires. Now I go drink tea, go work. The Lord is good. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Please, don't follow all those things for long life. If you want long life, you get on your knees. You ask the Lord to give you a long life. And then you keep your mouth from speaking evil. Your tongue from speaking deceit. You do good and pursue it. That's all. That's how you find long life. I hope you are getting my point. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's why the Red Prince told us what he said. That the most powerful person on the earth is the one that knows how to get his or her prayers answered. That's what we are trying to emphasize. It's not the person that has the greatest connections or the you know, biggest amount of money. No. It's the fellow that knows how to pray. So people of God, all the time we spend on, that's why I went into all of that, we were laughing about it, but the point I was going to make is that the time you spend learning diets, learning how to exercise, learning how to eat this and not eat that, go and use it to learn how to pray. I hope you're getting my point. And that's what we are doing in this our prayer series. So let's continue. Uh, what I want to go on to, I think we should open somewhere, right? James chapter 5, yeah. So I want to begin to explain something about different types of prayer. And I need to start by correcting something that we often teach, um, but not very accurate. Let me read from verse 13 to verse 18, even though verse 15 is the main thing I want. He said, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. You notice that? Is anyone among you suffering? Or does he have any trouble? New Living Translation says, if he's suffering hardships, let him pray. He said he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray, notice that, over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Now notice that the prayer, that's verse 15. The prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. Not may, will. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, that means sins are some of the reasons people become sick. He said they will be forgiven in the process of prayer. He said, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. It's very important. Confession of sins and prayer. He said, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. If you read that in the, New, um, in the Amplified Bible classic, it says in verse, um, that's verse 16, it said the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. That is, it is dynamic in its working. I want you to notice those keywords. Earnest, heartfelt. Earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Then he went ahead to tell us in verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He had his faults, he had his problems. He said, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. I'm going to stop reading verse 18 there. He said, Elijah prayed. He had this effective praying thing, and it did not rain. Then he prayed again, and this, the rain began to fall. Now, please, let's just back up to verse 15. I want to correct something. He said, the, if, you know, the prayer of faith, if you use the King James Bible, he said, the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiving him. I want to talk briefly about that prayer of faith here. But before we say that, uh, we'll discuss that. Let's quickly go to the book of Ephesians chapter uh, 6. I'll just read a few verses, not too many. From verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. He said, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will, will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. They listed for us all those things that we call the full panoply of God, that is the armor of God. And that goes in verse, um, let me just, Jump to verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In 18, it says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And if you are thinking of praying for me, please use that, all right? That's me praying for me. I'm asking for prayer for myself. Do you get my point? 
Don't wait for me to have troubles. This is what I'm trying to say. Say, Pastor is sick. Pray for him. That's good, though. Is that, is that good? But you wait for that time. One, well, you can pray for me every day. If, if, you, if, you, if you tune in here, I mean, add that to this, uh, any of our channels, or you come in physically. Before you come, add this one for me. I will appreciate it, all right? If Paul can say, pray for me, who am I? Some people say that I don't need your prayer. I, I me, mean, I do. Is that okay? He's smiling. <laughs> Somebody said it once. This prayer you say you are praying for me, pray for yourself. Please, though. The one you are praying for me, pray for me. Eh? You have mouth to pray for yourself. Your mouth can do two prayers, can't it? Uh-huh. Do pray for me. But when you want to pray for a minister of the gospel, this should be paramount. All right? That he will speak as he ought to speak. All right? Now, but if you look at that uh, verse 18 again, I want to say something here. I want to read that from the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. It says, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. I just want to use the word there, manner. With all manner of prayer and entreaty. Now, what this is telling us is that there are different manners of praying. There are different kinds of prayer. But I want to just establish some truths for us concerning what the Bible calls the prayer of faith. Even though we have discussed it before, but it's good to just put those things in order. Now, what is a prayer offered in faith? If you have a King James, it says prayer of faith. Now, one thing we used to uh, learn those days, which I want to just correct again, is that people listed different kinds of prayer. And they will tell you there's a prayer of faith, and then there's a prayer of intercession, then there's a prayer of, um, give me different ones. Agreement, uh huh. Thanksgiving. Somebody's prayer of warfare. There's another one I saw the other day, prayer of groaning. One man said you need to grow for two years before God breaks into what you want to. Yeah, he said maybe God said you should be here groaning for like two years, maybe three hours every day. When the people they grow, my wife was wondering what is going on here. I should have been one guy bent like this. I said, bro, if you are not possessed by a spirit, you shouldn't bend like this. Try. I hope you're getting my point. Please, I'm not ashamed to say some things, eh? This theatrics we put in prayer is not necessary. When we gather to pray, somebody use the word gather. When we do what? Gather to pray. Let's stop behaving like our heads are not correct. It's what Pentecostals do. And it's not good. I know some of you like it. You won't agree with me now. You think these are secrets I don't know. Bro, <laughs> I know I will sound proud there, eh? but some of these things you are learning now, we also learned it, except that that was 30 years ago. We, we, we saw these things happen after a long time. We read this Bible simply and straightforwardly, and we realized some of these are not necessary. Nobody should make you feel inferior because when you are praying, you don't do. <laughs> if you can do it, do it. The only thing I want to beg of you. All right? Do it in your house. Not carry unconscious. Why am I laughing today? Spirit of joy. <laughs> One day I was in my house when I was a, shortly after I left school. I had a friend, good friend, a brother. <laughs> I was a Bible teacher. So he used to come and stay sometime in my house. So my cousin was living in the same town. So one day my cousin came to my house. We were in the sitting room. 
the apartment we had that time was a sitting room, then different rooms that different guys used. But so my friend used to stay in my room. So he was in my room praying. So my friend was with me. He said, so what, do you have a dog? <laughs> I said, no, I don't have a dog. <laughs> After a while, he said, but there's a dog back. I didn't know it was coming from the direction of my bedroom. I said, she don't worry, that's my friend that is praying. So the guy looked at me like, your friend is praying? And we continued just after a while. He said, she go and check. <laughs> now, it wasn't joking, no. He said, are you sure you don't have a dog? That there's a dog back. <laughs> and that's how my friend used to pray. <laughs> I tried to convince my cousin. This guy is my cousin. Literal cousin. I tried to convince my cousin that it's just my friend praying. That is not the, I don't have a dog. I'm not, even if I had a dog, I would not keep a dog in my bedroom. And dog would be barking, I wouldn't know. But the guy actually thought a dog was barking. And it was my friend pray. Because my friend used to pray, he used to sound as if a dog was barking. I'm not joking about it. The funny thing is that until my friend, my cousin pointed it out, I never thought a dog was barking because, you see, he had played like that as well in school. We're in the same room in school. When he's praying, they'd be blasted. You know, that kind of thing. We're used to it. I didn't think anything of it. Now, my cousin called and said, where are you carry bingo? Put inside. <laughs> what I just want to say about it is, if some of you here, you do it, it's good for you, amen? Don't harass the rest of us. That's all I'm just saying. You are not more spiritual than the fellow who doesn't do it. You are not. If you think like that for a moment, you are deceived. That's what I want to emphasize. Every time you go to the presence of God, you and the Holy Spirit and the angels go to make my cousin get confused. Honestly, I don't have a problem with it. But can I beg you, don't do it in church. Do it at home. All those that I see on YouTube, they make me laugh. A lot of them are fleshly displays of fake spirituality. Yeah, they, they show off. Say so this sad thing that let's be like that. My guy, I didn't say you shouldn't twist like this or groan like this. But go to your house. Don't do it and put it on YouTube. I hope you're hearing me. The way you're looking at me like... I don't, I'm saying you don't do it. Just do it at home. That's what I'm just begging you. <laughs> don't film yourself. I'm, I'm like, I hear some people talking and say, <laughs> that day we were there. We groaned for five hours. My friend, shut up. What's the brag about? What is a brag about? You groom for five hours. So? Does this impression that you want to give us, that you are more spiritual and you know some things the rest of us don't know that we will not accept from you? If I stood there and read the sounds for five hours, I did, as far as I'm concerned, me and you did the same thing. So please, I'm just trying to emphasize to you, it is not a new dimension. I didn't say it's evil. That's it's evil. Did I say don't do it? What did I say? Do it at home. And don't feel superior to those who don't. That's how many of us, Pentecost, I used to say things. Our new book will soon be out in the next less than a month. You have physical copies here, titled Receive the Spirit. I talked about it slightly inside there, a little bit. I found out those days when Pentecost has learned about the move of the Spirit called speaking in other tongues and all of that, which I believe in. Please, I'm not 
looking down on it. But in that book, I tried to address something. They told us that if you don't speak in tongues at all, you are not filled with the Spirit. I said, it cannot be true. It cannot be true. Because if it were totally true, then we don't really need that Spirit to be effective in ministry. Because most of, a lot of the most effective ministers we know in the last 200 years, they didn't speak in other tongues. Let me tell you something. John Alexander Dowie, when God anointed him. Now, I'm not saying he's right or he's wrong and everything. Nobody's right in everything, all right? But John Dowie, now let me tell you something about him that he used to do, so you know. He used to be very critical of some things. And Maria Woodward Etta had a lot of funny manifestations. And Dowie used to criticize them. I don't think he should have done that, all right? I don't think he should have. So you go to Maria Woodward Etta's meetings. People will fall into trances, they fall under the spirit, they speak in other tongues and all of that. That we didn't believe in much of those things. Alright? So we get to his own meetings, you saw nothing like that. All you did, they sang hymns. He preached. He ministered to the sick, just like Maria would what Etta did. And both of them got fantastic results. If you want to talk about results that you can document, you find more with Dawi. Then somebody now teaches me that he was not filled with the Spirit. I said, how did he do that? Dawi drew crowns, and they did diagrams on his wall of the church all over, with crutches he took from people he prayed for, who got healed. Wheelchairs, they decorated the wall with it. Because they had the anointing, he did. They said Dawi prayed for somebody who had a big tumor on the face. He held it like this. In Jesus' name, he ripped it off. New skin replaced it. Three with the tumor. And you tell me it wasn't filled with the Spirit. My brethren who are filled with the Spirit, all they do for me is speak in tongues. That's all. Nothing more. They don't even interpret it. Tell them prayer. Let's pray for Nigeria. I said, my friend, will you be quiet? Pray for Nigeria. Say, Lord, give us peace. Say something first now. Do you care where I'm going? So let's not get, you know, because I found that I've been around in these things for a very long time. Well, at least, nothing less than 35 years. So, not, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> time we used to, well, oh, was 90, was 1986. 86, when Pastor Chris Akiloma used to come to our school to preach, we used to be five, six, ten, maximum 20. And I'm one of the, tw- I counted myself and I counted him, and we are 20. This pastor of Christ never seen now. So I'm not telling the story of yesterday. But after, because one of the things I found out is that, we just had this idea that once you can just do something esoteric out of this world, then you are spiritual. And those who are not doing it are not. And I found out over time it is absolutely not true. So many people who just gathered, they said they gathered in church, everybody just scattered the whole place. Just a cacophony. It's Pentecostal personal habits. There's nothing spiritual about it at all. You've seen Anglicans, Catholics, people like that pray, Orthodox people, Baptists and all of that. See those prayers they pray? They are just as effective as the cacophonious prayer that Pentecostals pray. I think possibly more effective. So I'm trying to get us to balance things. Let's go for understanding, not theatrics. The move of the Spirit is not always noisy. We have this habit that if the Spirit is moving, the chairs must scatter. Sometimes the Spirit is moving, everybody is silent in His presence. And the Holy Spirit is talking to each individual. Let's not get hung up on 
funny spiritual things will now, now leave the place. After you have grown for six hours, you think that you are now filled with the Spirit. You are no more filled with the Spirit than the person who sat down and studied the Scripture for an hour, heard the good message for another hour, confessed the Word for one hour, and then made his petition to the Lord for 15 minutes without sweating. So go and read your Scriptures. The priests were forbidden from sweating. So this is your sweat. is just your personal, the way I like it. I hope you're getting my point. Uh, because I, want, I don't want us to get swayed by, especially young people. Young people like spirituality. They come back home feeling happy. As if we are entering into the spirit. You didn't go into any spirit. If you take the book of Ephesians, memorize it, confess it, dissect it, that's also spirit. What I'm saying, I hope it's clear. Uh-huh. Maybe because I, I saw a video like the other day. My wife and I were watching that. I was wondering, what is going on here? One guy bent like that. <laughs> now I say, bros, relax, relax. He said, I can do that life for two hours. It's not a normal thing. Don't teach it to us. That's how Holy Spirit possesses you. Let's be sure it's Holy Spirit. Carry it to your bedroom. Please, don't come to, don't put it on YouTube for us. Now make it like this is how Christians behave. As if our heads are not correct. <laughs> Let's just leave that one there. The Lord is good. See, let me tell you something there. Any place you go to pray, the word of God that you can hear and understand is not central. Don't waste your time. You are all fooling yourselves. If you just arrive for prayer, let's begin to pray. Then somebody started to start groan. Somebody is twisting. They're jumping. Carry your Bible, bros. Go home. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? Carry your Bible and go home. And so one day, my wife was not around. She traveled, she came back. Her friend was telling her, Ah, hey, where have you been? Ah, I go born picking. I was with my mother for some time. I'm back home now. Hey, things have been happening. Begin describe visions, revelations. Of course now. Ah, if you're a good Christian woman, won't you want visions and revelations? So she has been calling my wife, calling my wife. When are you coming back? Things are happening. As soon as my wife came back, she took dress up. Won't go for a meeting. We go be pray. The see visions, the see revelation. So the first day, maybe I assume she she came back to Enugu on Monday. On Tuesday, time to go and pray. I said, "Sweetheart, um, today you are just coming back now. Just relax more." On Wednesday, time to go and pray. She dressed up again. My husband, I want to be going. I said, see that place? She said, yes. I said, sit down. I said, my wife, you know me. You know how we even met. It's, now, because I did preach. You know some people here, yeah? you know Jeremiah said, preaching has brought him problems. You know that? Me, preaching has brought me good things. I don't have Jeremiah's anointing at all. Preaching has been good for me. Jeremiah preached, they put her inside dungeon. My own, they, I preached, they put me inside limousine. Thank you. <laughs> I pray they put me inside, I mean, I'm telling you, they put me inside business class, fly me here and there. One of the earliest things preaching did for me was I finished preaching. My wife looked at me and just fell under the power. <laughs> the power of love, amen. And she saw me like this, <laughs> anointing passed through her body as I did preach. She now came and said, let me go and greet that preacher. She didn't know it was an angel, said, come, you like this preacher? She said, yes. Inside her soul. She said, no, that's not why I came. I said, sweetheart, you know, 
we see from the realm of the spirit. You are looking from the flesh. Me, I have seen from the spirit. So preaching has been good for me. You know that? Mm-hmm. Preach, Jeremiah said preaching has brought him problems. <laughs> me? Preaching didn't give me, it gave me small problems, but it was small compared to the other good, good things. If preaching gave you a wife and they give you other problems, you just manage all the other problems. At least you've gotten what Adam suffered. You know, Adam suffered was going from village to village, from the birds to the fish to every looking for. You just sat down, just preaching. The Lord just, my wife just said, they asked me a question. I said, I can't answer it now. She wanted to go in my mind. I said, mm, You can't go. I said, That question you asked, can we? And later I can we'll sit down somewhere to answer those questions, those spiritual things. Amen? <laughs> anyway, that's my decide. So that day I told my wife, I said, you know me. If anything, we enhance your spirituality, help you to, you know, I will be all for it. She said, yes, she knows. So I said, I am asking you for this one. Don't go for these meetings. I don't think it's good for you. She was very surprised. So she declined. She didn't go. Her friend saw her next time. Ah, you were not around. She said, I will explain to you later. The, le- the lady left, came back and said, is it your husband? And I said, yes. Ha! She said, hey. and something in me said I should tell you not to tell your husband. Though. The moment she said that, my wife said my husband was right. This one we want to gather. My husband who's a preacher, who loves the word, I will not, ah, uh-uh. ah. One reason why I didn't want her to go. You want to know the reason? All they ever did there was pray small and start seeing visions. All I was seeing in my mind hmm, is congregation of witches. <laughs> you want to initiate my wife? Is ah, were they witches? No, they were church women, prayer warriors in church. But I knew what would always come out of it. They would want to control my life with their visions. And I never allow anybody to run my life with visions. No, I don't allow it. I know one day you will tell my wife, the Lord said, then she will come home. I will be doing left. They will have to have, I'm supposed to do right. Then she will now be, see. All women, close your ear. Not physically, just spiritually. I want to talk to the men. Don't let any woman Use spirituality to harass your life. Did you hear what I said? I don't care how much she prays and fasts. I know my wife used to say that you are the strangest pastor I ever met, Christian I ever met. I said, Yes, I know what I'm saying. Once somebody use prayer and fasting to take God's said to control the house, it's witchcraft. Use single boys. You want to marry a woman, you now say, no, let's go and eat ice cream. You read the ice cream place. She said, My spirit said we should eat yellow. Tell her I'm not married again. Once you read that, say, I, I like, they say, if they, uh, bring that yellow one. You say, bring the blue one. So, ah, as we approach my spirit, say we should take the yellow one. Buy the yellow one, but don't eat it. Buy the yellow one. Buy the blue one. So, I don't think you should eat that blue one. Ask her why not. Because I was thinking out of my spirit, who said, as your spirit is talking, swallow the whole cup. <laughs> I hope you are following me. Then after that, don't talk to her again. No woman that will do that for you will ever be a good wife to you. Trust me. You know I won't lie to you. Are you listening to me? 
Any woman that wants to use spirituality to control the house is a useless wife. And all you guys have been doing is stop it now. Go and buy earrings. This one that you don't wear earrings, you want to use so you look spiritual for your husband. Come on, go and buy earrings. <laughs> and husband, tomorrow morning, collect lipstick, rub on her mouth. Tell my wife, sit down here. The Bible says, anoint your face. I want to anoint your face for you. <laughs> Drag and go that place where women, they sit down. Where you go paint them like male mascaras. Just tell her you won't go to hell. When you have finished defiling her face, all her spirituality will go backwards. Her true spirituality will come to the front. What is true spirituality? Obeying the scriptures. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, Not every decision. My, my wife, what are we eating this morning? I dreamt of a fowl, fowl, fowl. As I was waking up this morning, fowl, fowl. So I have to eat egg because you dreamt of fowl, waka. To decide breakfast, you have to dream. You're crazy. Why is it me talking like this? Eh? If you, see, if you, see, you see there's a level of vex inside it. Yes, I've seen them. You can't reason. Everything is their spirit. Everything is their spirit. Now, the annoying part for me is that they want to use that to not be the old guy in the house. That's the one that's witchcraft. If your spirit is leading you all by yourself, you are crossing road with your eyes closed, so you are moved now. It's your problem. But not me and you want to cross road. Say, my husband, let's cross the road. And both of us close eyes, and I'm following you as you are using your spirit to cross road. Okay? I'm coming by you, and I'm talking on the other side. I'm not coming. What the Lord said we should use to cross road is open eyes. Look right, look left, and right again. Walk briskly as, across. Do not run. Didn't you learn that one in primary school? Then to marry you now, I close eye to cross road. Say, Prashka, papa, yeah, papa, 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 to cross the road. Like Christianity, following Christ doesn't mean I become stupid. And then I don't use a brain anymore. I only use my spirit. That's not Christianity. In the morning, when you want to eat, decide. You know, one of the people say, I don't drink some drinks, you know. They say, why don't you drink? I say, it's not sweet. One reason is that if I don't enjoy food, I'm not eating it. It's one reason why I don't eat, I don't drink stout. I don't understand why I should drink stout, for goodness sake. I use my money to buy bitterness. Why? What I'm saying, <laughs> I hope I'm delivering some people this hey, By the way, you, some of you women, listen to me now. It's you, I'm okay, not these men. These men that listen to me, they are very hard, so don't even worry about them. <laughs> It's women who want to attempt. Don't just be banging your head against the wall. They won't listen to you. Enjoy your life. I hope you're getting my point. Look nice. Do your head nicely. Eh? Apply, you know. Just look nice. Look nice. In the morning, eat, eat normal food that people eat. Don't say, the Lord, as I was waking up this morning, the Lord said, the Lord said, there's nothing unspiritual about eating up for breakfast. I hope you're getting my point. Fasting is not, a, is not, a, is not, it doesn't prove that you are spiritual. A lot of sick people can't eat. Are they spiritual? Relax. I hope I get my point. Enjoy your life. Relax. Oh, what am I doing? Just relax. Don't let some of those older women want to impress you with spirituality. When did they see you? 
Amen. They hold your hand. My sister, how are you? As I held your hand, my spirit began to say, hey, just snatch your hand. Begin go your way. Take the word of God. Obey it regularly. I hope you're getting my point. Anything he says, obey it. Build your life around scriptural principles. Then, listen to this. Let me not forget to mention. Then, occasionally, the Lord will interject with a supernatural manifestation. If you're a wife, you're in the house. You have an issue. Talk to your husband. Leave him to use wisdom to solve problems. I hope you're getting my point. And what if your spirit reveals something to you? Suggest it to him. And if he doesn't agree, your spirit didn't tell you anything. If you know the way God is, doesn't like confusion. I can't be leading and you are behind me. Doing so that I can, I can feel. You will not say you said so. If your spirit says go to the right. And I'm leading you. I say we are going to the left. You know what you are going to do? Wife. You will say, my husband, please. Will you consider right? I think that right will be good. Just what I thought. I was just thinking about it. And then the man will say, okay, let's see. If after listening and considering, say, no, left we shall go. Say, no problem. As long as left is not a sin. That's all right. We are going left as you have said. Throw away your right. You know, that right in your height, mind, throw it away entirely. Give it to God. Say, Lord, I will have thought right was best, but well, let's go left the way he said, and please, I pray. The blessing of doing the right thing, the correct thing, let it be upon this one that we are doing. I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray that he is right. Don't pray that he is wrong so you can now know you are right. Because when you do that, next time you want to take the leadership, at the end of the day, you are committing the sin of Eve. I pray God gives you understanding what I have said. I pray, I pray he does. I pray he does. I saw Apostle, how did I reach that place? You know, it's the usual thing I have to know. Huh? Okay, yeah. Prayer. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank you. So, both of you are correct. Thanks. I'll put it together now. So, where I'm going is this. So, let's talk about types of prayer. All right? So, like I mentioned to you, I just like to emphasize some of the people. When the Bible says pray in the spirit, they say pray, it means pray in other tongues. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't at all. It can be applied, but that's not what it means. In fact, Kenny Hagin, in the latter part of his life, I listened to the messages, he said he had learned that, yes, that he was mistaken when he used to say that, but now that he extends beyond that. He said that, and that's best most people quote, but so that's why I need to quote him, so we'll get it, okay? There are different types of prayer. Now, so people say that a prayer of faith is a type of prayer. Okay, we're well, listening different types of prayer, okay? Yeah. Different types. Now, Having studied all these years, what I have come to understand, number one, is this. Every genuine prayer is a prayer of faith. So you don't have a prayer of faith as one type and a prayer of agreement as another type. Prayer of agreement actually is not even a type of prayer I found out. I call agreement an accessory to prayer, to effective prayer. I hope you're getting my point. It's not a special type of prayer. Agreement means that when something concerns more than one of us. Which is why I kept on telling Christians, and I wrote that little book, Let Us Agree, concerning politics in Nigeria. We are, at least, they tell us we are 200 million Nigerians. One thing is certain, we are over a million committed Christians. So let's start with born-again believers. I'm sure we are over a million. I believe that. Okay? Now, that one, that one million, that number... Should all be in agreement if you want to pray about political situations in Nigeria. Which is why I wrote that little book, Let Us Agree, to tell people that you cannot pray along 
um, party lines. You cannot pray along candidate lines. No matter how convinced you are, your candidate is the best. It's your conviction. How many people are following you physically? They are not following you truly. Like I told you last time, some people go, go, you follow you to campaign, then behind they vote for another party. So it is totally wrong. We, fe- we, 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 we blew it badly this last time. We usually do that anyway. It's totally wrong for Christians to think they must come into agreement to queue behind the candidate. It is wrong, 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 wrong. I've seen churches that they, they, they support a candidate in their church. It is wrong, 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 wrong. I hope you're getting my point. You have to come to a place where you can all agree. And there are things that we can never disagree on. We want good leadership. Can we ever disagree on that? We can get one million people to agree on that one. You can agree that we want a government that will promote righteousness. We can agree that we want a government that will punish corruption. We can agree that we want a government that will promote freedom. We can agree that we want a government whose policies will promote prosperity. We can agree that we want a government that we, that by their policies, God will be able to improve security. We can agree on all of these things. So we limit our prayers to those areas in which we can agree. Then we ask God for what we have agreed upon. And then he will do it. I hope you are getting my point. Sometimes I've heard testimony of people who step down in their faith to reach people. I think it was Kenny Hagen that described the story of one woman she, he was praying for, praying for. She needed to have surgery. He wanted her to be healed without surgery. So he prayed, but he wasn't getting results. So it dawned on him that they were not in agreement. So he asked the woman, what can you believe? The woman said, my faith is big enough to believe that the surgery will be successful and the doctor's hand will do everything right and nothing wrong. He said, fine, let's ask God for that. We can both agree on that. So together they prayed and God did exactly what he asked for. I hope you are getting my point. The same man with all the faith he taught us when his wife was very sick. The Lord appeared to him, in, appeared in a vision. said, tell your wife to go and get operated on. In the hospital, she will live and not die. Meanwhile, the same mother, the same woman, her own mother was sick with the same affliction. He touched her and the thing disappeared. I don't know whether you get my point. The mother had a huge goiter. His wife's mother had a huge goiter. One day they were praying. The husband was moving. He was praying in other tongues. All right? As long as I had prayed for some time, then the word of the Lord just came to him and said, touch, yeah, touch your mother-in-law, and I'm going to heal her. And he went, laid hands on her, and while they watched, the goiter shrank. Shrank like 90%. And the spirit said, okay, tell her, she will go to this particular church, they will pray for her there. The 10% remaining will disappear. Exactly what happened. In his wife's case, the woman had the, the, his wife had the same problem. And her goiter was choking her to death. And the Lord appeared to him in the vision and said, Tell your wife to go and get operated on. She will not die. Because he had prayed all the prayer in his soul for her. No results. He had prayed all the preaching in, in his soul for, to her. No results. Now, the goiter was choking her. Okay, let's go to the hospital. Let doctors operate now. She said she believed very strongly that if she goes, she will not come out alive. And when he prayed, the Lord revealed to him that it was true. Now, why that was the case, I don't know. 
have many thoughts in my mind about it, but I don't, I can't tell you this is, I don't know them detailed enough, but I have many reasons why the Lord could. That may have been true. But so one day after he had prayed and prayed for months, for, you know, for a long time, the Lord just appeared to him in the vision and said, tell your wife to go and get operated that she will not die, she will live. Before that, he had, he had prayed for her and the Lord had granted her long life. She outlived him and he died at 88. And she was a year younger than him or so. She lived to almost be 90. And this only when they were in their 30s and she was going to die. And he prayed, simply prayed. And he said to the, I'm giving you his testimony. He said, he said to the Lord, I always have this funny feeling that my wife's going to die young. And the Lord said to him, yes, it is true. And he said, Lord, please, I don't want her to die. And he gave him his reasons. Not, not, not any spiritual reason. He said, one, I like her. Which is the most important thing. He said, I like her. Number two, I've been together for some years. Her children are there. He said, look, and she's been my partner in ministry. She knows the way I operate. He said, Lord, if you, if you take her away, yes, after some time I'll marry another wife. Then I go to start again from the beginning. He said, all of that is not necessary. So the Lord said, what exactly are you asking for? I want her to live and not die. And the Lord said, granted, she will live, she will not die. It was after that, he said to her, said to him, go and tell her to get operated on. See, let the audience are running up and down. I told it's not necessary. If you don't be running up and down, going for a checkup, up left, right, and center. Go and learn how to pray. What did I say? There is no problem that God will not solve if you pray sincerely. None. There is no problem he will not solve if you pray sincerely. None. And then she went for the surgery and she was healed fantastically. Now, what am I saying all of this? So, agreement is important when a matter concerns more than one person. It is not a type of prayer. It's an accessory to a prayer of supplication or intercession. Whatever it is, you have to be in agreement. A house divided against itself cannot stand. The church please learn this thing for in this country. We have divided this country. And I want to tell preachers who, are, who continue to divide the country. God will church. No, see, this is not a threat. This is not a, I'm not angry. You know, there are times you go see vex on my body. Vex not this one. He said, I smile. Vex not did this one. Uh-huh. The truth is that God will shut you down if you don't stop. I don't care how big your denomination is. The Lord will shut you down. There are two ways to shut you down. There are a number of ways. The, one, the least palatable way is that you just wake up one day and you're dead. You know how that prophet in Lagos, you know how he died? That, that guy that used to pretend to be a prophet and a lot of people are following. I just saw his face the other day on, on one big television channel. I said, this guy, your face is still here. He was ministering to I just got up. He said, let him just go inside to go and rest. He was, not, he, was, he was not feeling strong. Let him go and rest. He never came out. They waited for after a long time. They went and opened the door. But what don't die there? He just sat on the couch in his office and he died. There was one man that said he used to do one kind of ministry. His friend said, what this man is doing is not good. It's wickedness. That's what he said. One, one pastor in this city. You know how he died? He just parked his car, sat inside and died. God has a way of... <laughs> one day I was watching one man on television. My wife and I... So as he was preaching, I told my wife, it was shortly after we got married, she was still getting used to my funny behaviors. I said, this man is not called to ministry. What is he doing? She looked at me like, how do you know? No, there are 
I don't know whether it's the spirit of discernment or spirit of discernment. I don't understand. I just look. I said, this guy is not called to ministry. He is a Christian. He's born again. I said, but he's not called to ministry. And he had a big title. I said, what is he doing? And in my mind, he's going to get injured. Then I didn't see him again. Next thing I heard, obituary. He had suffered for quite a while. And I said, well, can I think he taught us a lot? I, can I think he taught us a tremendous blessing to me in my life? So said, don't, don't just be going up and down and doing anything you like. Stick with one. And this pulpit one, eh, it's a very dangerous place. And when they give it to you, use it right. I keep on telling pastors, don't come here and sell anything. There's this new handkerchief that um, one of our brothers brought in. I mean, um, the brother don't say if we, every, everyone we sell. A court comes to the church, and you sell it from the pulpit. It's wickedness. Some people are selling prayer accessories. Short to wear when you want to pray. The day you do those things, the Christians, they go, we go into you and come. Why is he doing it? Why is he doing it? You go wear specially bold when you want to pray. Let me tell you why you know you started sinning. When anything is written on your own in Hebrew, just know what you are doing is iniquity. I will say it. You know, <laughs> no, people don't have too many people telling the truth. So the few people that can say the truth, and after all, who's going to sack me from this ministry here? Nobody. If you don't like our channel, stop coming there. Did I ever come to your house? Please, come to our channel. Did I ever, you, you see me beg anybody? Have you ever seen me come say, well, I see, listen, the more people that listen, the more money we get. Doesn't, oh, Father God, I thank you. Doesn't worry me. So I will say what I want to say. You know how you know sinners? When they want to pray, they go and carry a Hebrew cloth with something written in Hebrew, now wrapped around themselves. They are deceived. What did I say? They are deceived. Yes, deception. Write your own in Hebrew, it's better. Ch- uh, Chuku goes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what is God will answer my prayer? Who can, who can speak Hebrew here? Uh, if you can't speak Hebrew, don't answer me. Say it again. Too many people are talking. Oh, yeah, you tell me. Chigazi Eberem. Eberem. Please write it in Hebrew. Eh? If it's Yoruba, you are speaking. Ulu Agba Duram. It's okay. If it's Hausa. Obangiji. Anyway, ya. Yaji. Aduang, Aduana. I don't know. My outside is not very good. Did I get it right? I did? Yes. Oh, this guy's anointed. <laughs> <laughs> write it in your language, and I know your head is correct. If you go and write it in Hebrew, just know you are walking in confusion. When have you ever gone to go and eat food to tell your wife, better shit at breakfast? Do you speak Hebrew to your wife? The language you speak at home, that's one God understands. All this one learning Hebrew because we want to go and pray. Some people will now want to pray. The first blow trumpet. What do you look like? Joshua or Jericho? What this fake spirituality now are not like? Leave those things for youth church, teen church, for them to use to act drama. If you bring any show for enter this place. If you want to enter here, come with this, uh, this uh, the one with the boom. Do, do, what do you call that thing that they carry around? Huh? Anyway, the, the, the Igbo one. is okay. Eh? Igba. God listens to it too. Don't come and deceive us. You now carry one spiral long horn like this. This, this is not Jericho. This is not the temple at Jerusalem. I hope you're getting my point. 
If I open my mouth to praise God, that's the trumpet he wants to hear. When I went to one church, I see one guy come there, one minister. Now I wear, no, not sure, one shawl like this, with one funny inscription at the edge. He said he came to a minister. I was looking at him. I feel like I tell you from his face. So, boy, stop deceiving yourself. Go and buy a proper t-shirt. Wear a face cap. This cloth you are wearing is, is deception. I'm sure some people are listening to me today. They, they were about to confuse you. God sent me to deliver you. No, some of this I drop it because, sorry, if you see me talking like this, it's I'm ridiculing some things. Why are you ridiculing? Yes, they should be ridiculed. They are, they are, if you know the, from the eye of God, then some of those things are really, really, they are, they, are, they are ridiculous. Yes, that's what I was looking for. We ridicule them because they are ridiculous. One of the things I found out about Christians these days, eh, very common, is that they are trying to rebuild what God is destroying. See, especially when it comes to this Jewish, Jewish thing, eh? I find a lot of Christians, most of them from America, they are trying to rebuild what God is determined to destroy. In fact, what he has destroyed already, they are trying to rebuild it. One man actually said Hebrew is what they speak in heaven. Ah, what have I not heard? He said they speak Hebrew in heaven. He said that when God was creating, it was Hebrew he spoke. I said, eh? He spoke Hebrew. I said, eh. You know, there are some things you don't even know how to answer it. Okay, now my next question is that, okay, what has that got to do with me now? He spoke Hebrew. But when my father wanted to marry my mother, I think they spoke Yoruba. And they had me. So what is different does it mean? I've been created with Yoruba language. Is that not so? And when I wanted to marry my wife, I spoke English. And Akin was, was created. Maybe you speak Hebrew and then his own children will be created. Some people are going to, here are going to speak Swahili. What difference does it make whether God spoke Hebrew? I don't get it. I told you all those names of God you learn. Hmm? Just for historical purposes. When Abraham said, Jehovah Yireh, that is, like they say, Yahweh Yireh, that's what they say it now, Jehovah Jireh, okay? When he said it, he wasn't speaking the name of God. He was describing something. The Lord, he said, in the mountain of God, it shall be provided. What he said is that, the Lord will provide. And they said, in the mountain of God, it shall be provided. They will not summarize the name of God. I'm not saying it's wrong. Don't, don't not turn God's name to Jehovah Jireh. That's not his name. His name is the Lord, the provider. Do you get what I'm saying? Say that the way you understand it. If you're a Hebrew man, say it in Hebrew. If you speak English, say the way I've said it. If it's Igbo you speak, speak it like that. In your own language. Don't get into this phonetic and semantic or you know, more funny, funny language because you want to pray. I see people trying to build what God has destroyed. People tell you things like you bless a Jew so that God can bless you. That thing is not only a lie, it's a sin. That statement is iniquity. Why? You are disobeying scripture. He said the promise was to Abraham and to his seed. And he said it's not seed as of many, but seed as of one. And that seed is whom? It's Christ. Don't misappropriate the blessing of Christ. Be careful. Am I clear? Let's continue. Well, we're trying to learn truth. That's what I'm saying. All these things I'm saying. Don't get carried away by all like what I call fake spirituality. That's what I'm trying to actually debunking. Don't get involved in this fake spirituality. Don't. Don't. Let nobody feel superior to you or you feel superior to somebody else because 
Anytime you want, you say, okay, after somebody comes and says, after I finish praying, I saw a vision. See, after I finish praying, I have understanding. I hope you're getting my point. You're not superior to me. Maybe that's the way God communicates with you. Sometimes because you, you don't have enough sense to understand simple things. Sometimes, not saying that's always like that. Because when you saw sheets falling up and down with animals inside, was it not Peter was, 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 was difficult to communicate with? Peter, Paul didn't have that problem. Paul shouldn't have his, Peter would not have his spiritual to Paul that, uh, you see, you know how I knew that the Gentiles have been accepted? I saw a vision. It's because your Jewish mind was so hard to break it. God had to show you visions. When my wife and I first married that, married that time, I would say some things, they look so radical. Like some people hear me for the first time and they say, This guy is really, really crazy. You know, are you getting my point? Yeah, because they heard Pastor Bank, the third one I get here, I was suddenly starting to dismiss And I came here and started talking normally. Said, this guy is not even spiritual. Then another side, I said, No, I'm not going to groom for anybody in public like that unless something really hooked me. <laughs> no, no, it's true. No, some of these things do happen once in a while, you know. Something will just hook you. It's possible. But it's not a prayer pattern. So, those early days, my wife, you know, because she thought that I'm a preacher now, so I should, she will, some people will say some things, I say, don't mind them. Ah, but in vision, I say, okay, relax. I taught her some things, I explained some things to her. One day she said, how are you sure that you are the one that's right? And that, anyway, the story is long. One day she now bought Regina's book. Regina was now describing visions and revelations. And she was so impressed, I said, look at you now. Me, I didn't show you vision. I just show you scripture and I give you understanding. Yeah, like I said, regenerate now. He said, he said, the Lord said to me, I said, you are not impressed. I said, my sister, at the end of the day, is this Bible we are coming back to? I thank God for regenerate life who has helped visions to help my ministry. I used visions to help my ministry. Brought you understanding through visions. But I said, but these are the very things we said before now, before the man wrote the book. How come? For studying scriptures over these years. Where am I going? If God shows you vision, Fine. If it doesn't, don't even feel inferior. Some people go and sit down there and say, Lord, unless you show me something. Because better carry your Bible and refresh Corinthians chapter 13. <laughs> Read it. I ain't showing you nothing. You think my job is to be, to be acting drama every day? Many of the dramas I acted before, well, because there was no book. Now I have given book. Do you follow what I'm saying? Say? Nobody, God is not coming to anybody around here now to come and show you that uh, in a vision. I want you to know that the house man and the evil man and the full animal, and they don't exist before, Christ, before God. They are all, all, all one in Christ. If you need vision to see that, you need double baptism. I hope you're getting my point. Because this is that we have said and said, you still need vision. God doesn't use vision to tell you things you should use brain to understand. I hope you're getting my point. Things that you should use brain to understand, God doesn't need vision. I, listen, let me tell you something. Some of you, let me just warn you now. Eh? A man will want to come and marry you because he's from maybe a state you don't like, or in fact, the guy's from Nasarawa, and you are from Enugu. You now need God to use vision to confirm it for you. Listen, he will not show you visions. You'll be there for a long time until the guy will get tired and go and marry somebody else. I hope you're getting my point. Let me let you know now. What you should be investigating that is he a true believer committed to Christ. Do you get me? That's all the vision you need. Though. You can't go and pray, especially say, the man, their tribe is different from our own. Because so which one is your own? Say I'm Igbo, and not only am I Igbo, I'm I'm Kano. I'm not only am I in Kano inside Igbo land. I give me one branch of a Kano. I'm Agban. Not only am I Agban, give me the first street in Agban. 
<laughs> and some of my aunties, I played that joke with that time when I wanted to marry. When she, my mother mentioned it to her, she now told me that, no, that she will not agree. I said, auntie, there's a difference between informing you and seeking your consent. Which one don't you understand? This is information. Not seek, I'm not seeking consent. She said, no, I have to marry a Yoruba person. I said, not only will I marry a Yoruba person, auntie, the way you are going, I should marry somebody from, I'm from our Nondo state. He said, she, you know what she actually said? He said, yes. I said, not only will it be, or will no, I mentioned my father's, because <laughs> what you call village in the east here, in the west, mostly is district, because they are really congregated into big towns. I mentioned my father's district. She said, yes. I said, not only my father's, I mentioned the street, gone, gone. She, she was foolishly telling me, yes. I said, auntie, you are not serious. There's, <laughs> I said, auntie, there's a difference between seeking your consent and giving information. If you like, don't come. She was just, she, 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 let me tell you something, another thing in this life. Let them know you are not a normal person ahead of time. So that the day you arrive with the full honey girl, they should, they should know, that's so in way be. That's so in way be. That's so they post and go one village for a show state. For two years after service, we not see them. Now they come marry one, come see one head girl, you know the head man. One head girl that went to their church. Amen. So, what I'm going to say is that, look, there are some things that are just established from Scripture. All right? And I think, I mean, the way things have been going, it's as if my spirit, what God is using my mouth to do today is to tell people, don't get carried away by fake spirituality. True spirituality is understanding the Scriptures and obeying the Word of God that's clear there. I hope you're getting my point. You can't wake up every day waiting to see a vision before you know whether you go to work or you won't go to work. Once it's a working day, you go to work. I hope you're getting my point. Mm-hmm. Please, I'm not saying God doesn't give visions. Is that so? I say there are special occurrences. They are special. They, are, they do happen once in a while. They do happen once in a while. Okay? And the person who's obeying the word of God on a regular basis is the truly spiritual person. Those special occurrences, they, sometimes they are a sign that you lack enough insight. You lack enough understanding. If you did, you probably wouldn't get that special thing. So sometimes, the person getting it shouldn't feel superior to those who didn't get it. As long as all of us are focused on obeying the truth of the word of God, which is true spirituality. And as you grow in life, some things become clearer to you. The other day, I told you when this political thing was on and I was correcting people. And I found out I, was, I didn't know, but one brother pointed out to me that you're, you're really angry. And that was when he struck, he hits me. He said, calm down. And what he said then, which was what, what struck me, is that he said, if you get angry like this, it shows you don't know what God has done in your life. That's what he told me. And I'm like, eh. He said, look, God has helped you. You have a lot of understanding in these things. Don't expect everybody to react the way you are reacting. That was when he persuaded me to cool down. That brother. He reminded me of some, some history in my life. The people have not been through that. You want them to be reacting the way you are reacting? Of course they won't now. Where I'm going is that as you grow in grace, like people tell you that this country is finished. I, you know, I can't see it. I can't see the finishedness of the country. What I can see is wonderful days ahead. 
People are saying that, you know, why are we leaving this country? Say because of our children. I hope that thing is a lie. Either a lie or deception. You know what's deception? The difference between a lie and a deception? A lie, you are deceiving us. In deception, you have been deceived. And sometimes I just wonder, why do they do this? Now I'm not angry anymore. It's what they can see. What I'm saying is, as you, as you move on with the Lord, as He gives you understanding His Word, all right? Some things are clearer, and they don't need visions and revelations. Only one brother said that he prayed, and the Holy Spirit said to him, Don't worry. You know, I looked at him like, Holy Spirit told you, Don't worry. Holy Spirit told you not to worry. And I'm wondering, with all, with all the scriptures, Holy Spirit needs to tell you. I'm not angry, I'm just, just shocked. Because if I were the one, I go in repentance. Lord, you know I've been worrying. Please, now I'm so sorry. I won't worry again. Because the don't worry scriptures are all over the place. I told you, the, the, some, shortly before my wedding, you know, weeks, and as we were making impression and all of that, there was a period in which, those days, till now, God has blessed me with good sleep. I can sleep well. I don't have a problem. If you carry me inside a motor, I'm not the one driving. I fall asleep. Some people don't fall asleep. I fall asleep, and I'm proud of it. If I used to trans stay awake, one brother, once I said that, you're falling asleep. You know what he told me? He said, I have no problems on my mind. <laughs> the way he answered me, ah, I said, no, me too. I can fall asleep. So I used to fall asleep very, very easily until one time, every night I would be awake for hours and I won't be asleep. Those that I used to go to bed around 11, 11.30, 11, 11.30, 15 minutes after I hit the bed, I'm fast asleep. This one, I will be there till one. I will be there. I've forgotten for how long. Ah, I'll be there for so long. Sometimes I'll actually get up. This happened for a number of days. So I said they were worrying about, no, 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 worry. I said my concern now was, like, why am I not sleeping? They just dropped in my mind. This is what they call worry. Only didn't tell me, don't worry. It just revealed to me that what's happened to you now is what is called worry. You know, by the next day, I was fast asleep in 15 minutes. I just realized my iniquity. I just laid my body before the Lord. You know what I used to do? I used to calculate. That suit, the guy said, we'll pay him this amount. Ah, if I pay for that suit now, where will I see money to pay for that ring? Okay. Meanwhile, I heard that the drinks, ah, I, and then my fiance said that uh, she'd give money to this guy. You know? That's why they calculate. Calculate. That's why they calculate. And once you are calculating, you are not planning for the future, you are worrying. You know, some people, they say they are calculating, they are planning for the future. You have a stock index. How, many, how much you will save, how much you will invest, how much land you will buy, real estate. Now, let me just say something here. Chris, everything is going to come down. No, what do you think I said? I mean, your, your stock value will crash. The way you are saying them, you didn't get my point. All that money you stacked up in land and the only thing is coming crashing down. All flesh is grass. All your naira is going to turn to pure paper. So don't worry your head. And for some people who are stubborn who won't listen to me, if your target of investment so you can breathe easy is 200 million, hmm? your crash should be at 190. When you hit 190 million, just before you relax. The main place where you invested your money is going down to near zero. 
It's easier for those of you who kept your money in cryptocurrency. That one is the easiest one. Because God is bringing that very down. <laughs> Let me not say more than that. The one is the easiest. Those of you that feel most confident are those ones that invested their money in real estate and landed property. Your own is also coming down. There are two ways to come down. But let me not even go into the details. But it's also coming down. Alright? You know why? It's in scriptures like that. Do not lay up treasure on the earth. Uh-huh. Alright? Where more destroys and thieves breaking and steal. It's going to happen. So when God wants to show Christians to relax, you, you have gone to read Robert Kiyosaki, Anthony Robbins. Where did you read? Give me another name. Brian Tracy, Stephen Covey, yes, all those four men have told us if you, if you invest and you reach this kind of level and then, then the, the return on investment, you don't have to work again. God is looking at you. He's not angry with you. He said, you just don't have sense. I'm going to teach it to you. No problem. So, Naira, you're heading for 200 million. One day you'll sit down and see what I've laid up, 190. Say, another six months, another one year, I'm hitting 200. Who? Oh! You are feeling happy. You will wake up next day. Eh? You look at, you read the newspapers, you recalculate. That your 190 is now 120. Why are you trying to check whether the newspaper make mistake? It's down to 80. Then you panic in a hurry. You want to sell some things. They said nobody's buying. Then while you are watching, it's going down, 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 down. After one month. No, you don't reach zero. It's just 500,000 for you. <laughs> Let me tell you ahead of time. You know how you should react? Eh? Give thanks. That's good. Repent is good. I'm looking for the real reaction that is good. Eh? Yeah. The Lord has given. The Lord has taken. Blessed be the name. But this is how you summarize the whole thing. Once you just begin to laugh. Just laugh. Just laugh. Laugh. Take like two days laughing. They say, what's wrong with you? They say, red. I just realized the foolishness of my life over the last eight years. Don't feel bad. There's no need. Just laugh. Just laugh. Yes, this is flesh. It's truly grass. <laughs> laugh. 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 Some people are listening to me. They've lost money like that. And they're still regretting. God said, until you laugh over it. And recovering. I don't think I'm going to recover 500 million for it because you laughed. I'm going to give you only one thing when you finish laughing. The peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm not giving you any of that thing. So get used to it. Again, Apostle, help me. How did I get there again? Even you, you are lost now. (laughs) Heavenly Father, help me. Yes, understanding. Thank you. So, where I'm going is that instead of Holy Spirit, waiting for this to tell you, don't worry. Just don't bother. Don't worry. This life, there's no need to worry. What did I say? There's no need to worry. There's no need to worry. Please, let me say another thing. Some people are saying that God has never spoken to me. How can you be lying like that? So this one I've been saying since the morning. What is it? The one you came here to hear last week. That book you bought and you were blessed by. Who who, who was talking to you? You went to church. One pastor gave you what for 15 minutes. And you who was talking to you? What you have not heard is that you are passing. My son and breeze is blowing on the tree. You are feeling like Moses. Burning bush. He said, Lord, my bush has not yet burned mysteriously. Because there is nothing more I told Moses I can't tell you. Just buy the book of Moses. Genesis to Deuteronomy. Read it. 
said, but you spoke to Jeremiah. I said, so he can speak to all of you. Read Jeremiah chapter 1. Read it. Who are waiting for visions? Don't say, I won't give you anything. No, God has an order. He said, those who I spoke to, they are supposed to talk to you. Everything that I told Kenneth Hagin, I'm not repeating it to you again. And when you get to heaven, I will hold you responsible for not knowing it. Because you heard Banky say it again. Why didn't you buy the book to read? Those people come to preach. Said this morning, the Lord was speaking to me. And then I'm like, ah, the Lord spoke. You want to hear? And then he says two or three things that the Lord spoke to him. And I'm like, oh God, I read that in Ken book in 1987. What's the problem? Now, now the Lord is speaking to you. You know they read. That's what comes to my mind. And I, you know, there's something that the Lord said to me. And you are, open, you, you are waiting to write it down. Then when he finishes, I'm like, oh God, this thing is written. In this book, this book, this book, this book. And I want to tell many people listen to me, God is not planning to tell you anything. This one, you kneel down there, they say, pray, pray, your spirit will say, God will not speak to you. God says, I'm not telling you anything. Say, Lord, speak, your servant listening. Holy Spirit says, get up, go and get a book, read it. All the things I want to tell you, they're inside a book. That's why I tell people, go and read the book, um, guided by the Spirit. God doesn't talk to people specially who have people who have not yet obeyed all the things He said generally. Did you hear what I said? Hey, by the way, if God has never spoken to you in life, it's when you want to marry, he's starting to talk. You are confused. Did you hear me? Mm-hmm. You have never used vision to do anything serious in your life. Time to marry now. You want to be using special visions? No, relax now. Huh? The Lord is good. Shabbat, I told you I'm going to preach my message. And I will preach it. All right. The Lord is good. So let's continue learning the word of God. So I was saying, what types of prayer do we have? Remember, all genuine kinds of prayer are prayers of faith. All genuine prayers are prayers of faith. When the Bible talks about the prayer offered in faith, or using King James' expression from that um, um, James chapter 5, when it calls it the prayer of faith, it has to distinguish it from prayers not offered in faith. So we should remind ourselves of prayers that were not offered in faith. Let's start. There are a number of examples. What are the prayers of unbelief? What are the prayers not offered in faith? One, Jesus told us about the Pharisees who pray openly that they may be honored by all. Remember that? So I call that the prayer of show. You can use another name for it. Prayer done so that people will think you can pray. Like I was saying earlier, I watched some people pray. I said, this is now all theatrics. They are, they are just theatrics. You even see it on YouTube. Watch Bishop Akinludin Woke. Maybe let's just look for two names. Grown for three hours. And it's on YouTube. If you are the bishop, eh? Tell them to remove it. Why should I come and watch you groom for three hours? What, what am I there to watch? And you go there, see people groaning really for and, and it's on YouTube. You should know that something is wrong with our heads collectively. We believers. If I'm coming to watch you on YouTube, I should be coming to get instructions. Not to come and watch you groan for three hours. It's not it's nothing. That's why I, those are the kind of things I call prayer of show. The Pharisees used to pray loudly so everybody would hear them. That's, that's not a prayer of faith. That's a prayer of unbelief. There's another kind of prayer that's a prayer of unbelief. Prayer inspired 
by a competitive spirit. Let me give, I'll give you a very good example now. Anybody who prayed that his own candidate winning this election prayed in unbelief. It's not a prayer of faith. Because we have instructed and instructed. You know, some people will still go against all the clear instructions. Send the name, you know, they will sow seed so that their candidate can win. That's prayer of unbelief. It's not a prayer of faith. When those that we, learn, we thought we learned prayer of faith, people will actually go and play, play lottery and pray that they will win. Do you hear what I said? Yes. You go and play the lottery and then they will pray that they will win. That's a prayer of unbelief. It's a prayer of covetousness. James, James said it clearly to us. He said, you have not because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you ask wrongly. What was wrong about it? You are asking to spend on your own lust. Why? Because you are in competition with your neighbor. That's a prayer of unbelief. I hope you're getting my point. There are a lot of other prayers I see Christians pray these days. You see prayer of human anger. A lot of die by fire prayers. They are not prayers of faith. They are prayers offered because human beings are angry. They are prayers offered because of pain, bitterness. People seeking revenge. All those who crucified Jesus died by fire. Let their hands wither as they are crucifying him. I hope you're getting my point. What's the prayer of faith? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Please, I'm trying to distinguish for us the difference between a prayer of faith and the prayer that is not of faith. There are all kinds of prayer, but then let's see the other proper forms of prayer. So if you hear there's a prayer of intercession, it has to be a prayer of faith for it to be effective. If you say there's a prayer of supplication, let's, just, let's forget the big English. Let's just explain what we mean. Because when we come to prayer, we've talked about the, what's the first thing we do in prayer. The first aim of prayer, or should I use the word aim? And when we approach God, we approach in the name of Jesus Christ, you remember that? But what's the first thing we approach to do? To do what? No, no, I, I use another expression. To worship, thank you, thank you. We come to worship, we come to worship. And remember, worship is the way we are transformed into who God made us to be. If you are constantly worshiping, you will follow the will of God in your life without thinking about it. Note what I said. It is true. It's the word of God. What many people don't know is the meaning of that word worship. They think that I mean if you are constantly singing. That's not what I said. I didn't say if you are always playing Natanabasi. That's not what I said. I said if you constantly worship. And we said there are three things we do when we worship. Number one, let's go by it. We praise. What is praise? We ascribe to him the glory due to his name. We call him the names that he really bears. Like creator God is a name. Our Father is a name. That's praise. My provider is a name. Those are the names of God. So when we constantly focus on that, we are offering him praise. Secondly, what do we do? Thanksgiving. In worship, we bring forth thanksgiving. What's thanksgiving? We point out, we show our gratitude for the things that he has done in our lives. That you are able to approach him. You say thank you to him. That for the things he has done before. Listen, you are not able to pray in faith or you are not walking in faith until his promises excite you. I hope you get my point. So when you are praying, you just, you see his word, his promises. Hopefully we'll talk about that maybe one of these Saturdays. And they excite you as much as if he gave you something. 
David said it like this. I do what? Rejoice at your word. As one who finds great spoil. Spoil is treasure. As somebody who just hit jackpot. Who just made a lot of money. So, you know, these are the things we come and thank him for. Even though we haven't seen it physically, but we see the promises, we are grateful. And third thing we do when we are worshipping is what? We offer ourselves. Because when we come, we come to offer. We offer praises, we offer thanksgiving, and then we offer ourselves. And I'm saying to you, I mean, what's offer ourselves? You say to him, yours I am, yours I want to be. Do with me whatever you want. Like Paul said in Acts 27, God, whose I am and whom I serve. I said, Lord, I lay my body down again as a living sacrifice. My members will not be yielded as instruments of unrighteousness, but as instruments of righteousness. You say it to him. You can't say it enough. Say, Lord, I live to fulfill your will. I live to fulfill your will. My success is not materially determined. It's determined according to how much of that which you wrote concerning me is fulfilled. And you say these things to him in prayer. Listen to me. If you do this that I've said, you will never. See, getting this right with God is not about knowing techniques. It's about knowing how to pray effectively with the right heart. Did you hear what I said? People think that unless God speaks to you clearly, you can't walk in his will. It's not true. It's not true. Whether he speaks audibly or he doesn't. Whether you have a revelation or you don't have a revelation, you can walk in his will 100%. You can follow the destiny that he created for you to have 100%. It's very, very possible. In fact, also Chamber says, if you need God, he said, he said the will of God, let me put it like this. He said the will of God, trying to get his own exact words. Knowing the will of God is only intellectually reasonable to the person who's walking out of the will of God. That if you are walking in the will of God, eh? You will not even know you are walking in the will of God. You are just walking. I don't know whether you get the point. Now, for many Pentecostal Christians, that may sound a bit deep. But actually, it makes sense. This is what he says. For example, now, have you realized you did not think about breathing all this while? You just breathe it. But if you have a severe cold and your chest is congested, you, you know you will know you are breathing. If we were to give you an injection that clears everything all of a sudden, and then suddenly you can breathe freely. Like your nose is really blocked. You now put, okay, put this in hot water. Inhale it. After five minutes, everything clears up. You, you know it cleared up. But you know, for six months, your nose did not block. Your chest was not congested. You did not know people would breathe. You ran up and down as if nothing is happening. Most people don't know hearts beat. They are just alive. They only know their heart is beating because they are not dead. They don't feel it. So what Oswachibas was saying is that this one is a, do I know the will of God? He said it's a sign that you're not walking in, you're not walking in righteousness. He said if you're walking in righteousness, eh? if you're walking according to the word of God, he said you will do the will of God automatically without thinking about it. That's what he was explaining. And that should be our target. It should take more joy in that rather than saying that uh, the Lord had to speak to me. Many times he won't say anything. Just continually worship, like we have explained. I hope I get my point. And anytime he opens the door for opportunity, because what you need to do, please go and read the book again, Guided by the Spirit. I explained it inside there. What you need to do is to constantly cleanse your heart. If you do that constantly, the Holy Spirit will carry you into the place where you are supposed to be. You are getting what I'm saying here? He will carry you in there constantly. That's what I mean. That if you worship properly, regularly, 
you can never miss the will of God for your life. You can't. You can't. Because the reason why people miss the will of God is not that they didn't hear a voice. The reason why they miss the will of God is because they have a wrong heart. So what God does is that he keeps on fine-tuning you, training you, teaching you, correcting you. Again, can I go back to my small, small digressions? See, no matter the vision you see, you are wrong, except your heart is pure. Do you hear what I say? And it's one reason why God doesn't show visions. Because many visions and dreams, they end up being accusations against the people. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Let me give you an example now. Let us assume Peter was a very stubborn human being. Stubborn. Now, he had a stronghold. We know that. But he was not a stubborn person. He just had a stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's something you just believe. And it's difficult to get that thought out of your mind. That's a stronghold. Okay? Now, a stubborn person is the person you correct. And having seen the correction, for certain considerations of personal ego and stuff like that, refuse to accept it. Let me give an example. Now, assuming I find out that I'm wrong. But because I have preached, thousands have heard it. As if I now say this other one, they will think I don't know what I'm saying. For that reason, I reject the correction. That's stubbornness. I hope, I hope you get my point. So Peter was not stubborn. He just was, he just had a stronghold. So the Lord broke the stronghold with a dream and a vision. Now let us assume he was stubborn. And God showed him that vision. You know what Peter would have done? He would have seen that vision and come down, interpreted it deliberately. That now we can eat anything. He won't touch the matter of Gentiles. I don't know whether you get my point. What the Lord showed was a great sheet containing what? All forms of animals. And the Lord said, arise, do what? Kill and eat. Now, because he wasn't stubborn, God was able to break the stronghold. And when the Lord broke that stronghold, Peter came and followed those people to the house of Cornelius. And he said, now I understand that God does not have any distinction. Anyone who does what is right before him is acceptable before him. He now talked about, you know of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, how God anointed him. And he preached the gospel to the house of Cornelius. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them. I hope you get my point. And then he now had fire from his bread and when he got back home. And he defended his actions based on that vision and based on the experience of the house of Cornelius. Do you get my point? Now, he wasn't a stubborn person, just had a stronghold. But God broke it. But a stubborn human being is like this. He will see that vision. The Lord will tell him something in the vision. Then he would deliberately shut down the Gentile aspect. But what about the vision? This will be his interpretation. Next time you see him in the market, he's eating bush meat. Which juice you don't used to eat? Why are you eating bush meat? He said, The Lord said, Arise, kill and eat. The Lord said, Arise, kill and eat. Tomorrow you see him eating things that are prohibited under Jewish law. He says, The Lord said, What? Arise, kill and eat. In fact, that day I saw this particular animal. That's why I came to buy it. We never don't, don't, we usually don't eat um, alligators. But now I decided to eat an alligator because I'm a man of God. What am I going to say? He will limit the interpretation of that vision to what he's really ready to accept in his heart. I hope you follow my point. Now, you know what will now happen? The Lord would not have to discipline him severely. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Yeah. So that is why 
The Lord doesn't show visions as often as we would have wanted them. Because if he did, the fact that you refused the direct instruction from the vision, vision will now become an indictment against you. So instead of giving you more sins to confess, you know what he does? He leaves you alone. He doesn't tell you anything directly like that. Just, he'll be teaching you little by little. Here a little, there a little. Just little by little while you grow. And many times when you have grown like that, the vision is no longer necessary. Please, I hope you are following me. Because I'm saying many things. Okay? So, I was saying, people who worship properly, they, don't miss, they, they, they will not miss the will of God for their lives. Now, the next thing I was going to say is that, now, when we now worship, you know, after that, what do we do with prayer? We've explained the fact that we are transformed by it. If your prayer is not changing you, you are not praying effectively. But the other thing I want to add to it is that when we now come to make our petitions, now we're talking about different kinds of prayer. Now, when we are, when we are praying, we are asking God to do something in our lives. Now, if you are asking, now, you know I was saying that let's not worry ourselves about big English. We say it's supplication or petition if we're asking him to do something for us. But intercession, when we're asking him to do for, huh? for others. Okay? Now, whether you're asking for yourself or for someone else, it's still a prayer of faith. Let's give an example of that. Intercession. John said, if you see a brother committing a sin that is not unto death, what did he say? He said, you will ask and God will give life to the person committing a sin that is not unto death. Why? Because you asked. That, what is that? Is, is that a, some people say that's supplication. Huh? Now, like I said, let's not get hung up on t- terms. But let me just say what I've heard. They say it is intercession if the person is a non-believer. They say, I'm not saying the Bible said, they said. There's intercession if like you're praying for the world. You're praying for a nation. You are praying for non-believers. But if they are believers, then you are making supplication. Now, I'm not saying it has to be. I'm just telling you what I've read. The petition, therefore, is when you are praying for yourself. But let's forget the big names. The important thing is that you are making requests about an issue. So John told us that if you see a brother committing a sin that is not unto death. Let's talk about that briefly. What does he mean by that? Let me give an example. You know a lot of things. Maybe you have a pastor. (laughs) Good. It's a friend of yours. On Sunday, he's preaching politics. You know God is not happy with him. Do you get my point? But you don't criticize him. You go and pray for him until you can correct him. God said, if what he's doing is wrong, because you asked, the Lord will forgive him and will not bring judgment against what he's doing. That is a sin that is what? Not unto death. Just by the way, let's just end that one quickly. I don't want to talk about it in details. But if you correct him, and he refuses to take correction. You are forbidding from praying for them. You leave the Lord to handle him. Do you get what I'm saying? All right? So, the point I'm making now is that what is prayer of faith? Now, why do you go to pray to God for that individual? Because you know that judgment comes from whom? No, answer just from whom? But more important, the message comes from whom? Now, because of that knowledge, the request you made is called a prayer of faith. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? What is a prayer of faith? It's a prayer you pray because you understand two things. One, the character of God. Two, the promises of God. Those are the things that underlie your coming in prayer. That is what makes a prayer a prayer of faith. 
For example, Elijah. Now, before they used, we used to say things like, in the prayer of faith, you pray only once and you don't say anything again. That's not true. Because Elijah, how many times did he pray? No, I mean, answer me, how many times? Seven now, seven. He bent down seven times and he told his servant, go and look. Okay? But what I wanted to understand is that, why was he there seven times? Why, why was he not blaming global warming? I'm not explaining what they call faith. He knew that only God could stop the rain and only God could give rain. So if we are going to have rain, it will be because God granted rain. Not because the weather changed. Not because the climate, you know, the El Nino started blowing in another direction. Those of you who understand geography. No. It will be because God gave rain. So he's staying there waiting for God to do something. It's a sign of his faith. That's what makes it a prayer of what? Faith. Another thing I want to say about a prayer of faith, let me say it and then we'll close. Then we'll develop it next time. A prayer of faith is, it has two things that also, well, should I say two things? Okay, it has some things added to it, which you go off with saw in that um, uh, James chapter 5, reading from the Amplified Bible. It is earnest and it is heartfelt. You cannot pray a prayer of faith if it's not heartfelt for you. Anything you are disconnected from in your soul, whatever prayer you pray concerning that thing is not a prayer of faith. What am I trying to say? Let me explain it. Then we'll close there. They tell you somebody is sick. It doesn't concern you whether he lives or dies. That prayer is not effective. Did you hear what I said? Somebody who doesn't know you to pray for you. That's what people don't get. It will be as if you don't want to pray. The, the one man of God is in America. He's a big minister on television. You now write him. Now, please don't misunderstand me. They now put your prayer point on television and start praying over it like this. See, if you get answers, eh? It's your faith that was stirred up by what you saw. Are you, I hope you're getting my point. So it seems to work. You'll now be writing testimony. Then, sir, when you were praying that day on all the prayer points, my own was one of them. I got an answer. Okay, that thing. What happened was that when you saw him and you knew your prayer point was there, your faith was what? Stirred up or boosted. And based on that, you collected something from God without that man of God knowing. It's not his prayer. Sometimes I see people heap. Um, please, I'm not criticizing anybody because something just hit my head now. In fact, what I was thinking about is in America, I saw it. I'm not saying I went to America to see it. I mean, American was doing it on television. Because in Nigerians also do it now. People now think that I'm talking about Nigeria. I'm not talking about Nigerians, okay? Yeah. It just hits me now. Please, I'm not being critical of what any Nigerian is doing. What I was thinking about was actually an American doing, doing it. You just say, write your prayer, and you just put it there. And instead, they are praying over it. It is your faith that is working. It's your faith. It's your faith. It's your faith. It's your faith. Because later on, won't be along the line, we'll talk about what John F. Vanzini used to call faith extenders. There are things that provoke your faith. I hope you're getting my point. They just tear up your faith because you look at it, you, you assume something is being done. So that boosts confidence in you, in God, and it works. But the truth is that if you are talking about the prayer that works, whether you lived or died doesn't bother me. And you write me to pray. I don't know who wrote. 
I just say, Father God, to have mercy on this person. The effect is not zero. It's not zero. It's not zero. It's just little. It would have been better. Now, it works differently if, for example, I know you, all right? Then you come. Pastor, please pray for my brother. Now, actually, I'm praying for you, not for your brother. You are the one connecting it to him. Because, you're, because I know you. If anything hurts you, it will touch me. I hope you get my point. That's why you find that the Syrophoenician woman and the Roman centurion could tap by faith from Jesus for somebody else. Did you notice that? The woman tapped by faith for her daughter. This other man tapped by faith for the servant. Why? They were personally connected. That guy obviously loved that servant. It was like Potiphar coming to pray for Joseph. It was not one of the many servants in the house. And that's another thing. When you are walking somewhere, please make sure that people don't, don't behave in such a matter. Whether you die or live, they don't care. Because when they pray for you before Jesus Christ, no go walk. It's not, you have to be a servant the man loved. Do you get my point here? So please, another thing that, alright, therefore I'm just summarizing that. That marks a prayer of faith is that it is earnest and it is what? Heartfelt. So two things I've said there, let me summarize it. Like I said, I do that and I'll and I close. I told I will finish my message. Did I not tell you? At least, even though this is not finishing, but at least we went far. Abby? So a prayer of faith, one, is marked by a number of things. One, your knowledge of what? The character of God, being the one with the power, his praise, the knowledge of his person. Two, the promises, and they have added another one to it now. That's number one. That is, those two things are number one. Then secondly, a prayer of faith must be earnest and what? Heartfelt. And what the Bible says, let me end with that. It says, it avails much. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Oh. Sorry, I'm not the one that said it. What did the Bible say? It's the Bible. You know what it means? That prayer cures cancer. It does. It does. People of God, you know, I said this season, this year, 2023, yeah, you will get testimony. Eh? Jesus Christ, you, you will have testimonies. Amen. Oh, this year, you will have testimonies. Amen. This year, listen to the word of the Lord. You will have abundant testimonies. Amen. You know, God will do some things for you. Even you will be surprised. Now, it's not unbelief when you are surprised. So when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, as if we're a dream. You know, there are things you say, Lord, I'm going to pray about. Maybe you want to pray about it at night so that you can be ready. You know, there's this, I want to be ready. I wake up and be ready. Then by that midnight, maybe your child is sick. That midnight, you now get up <laughs> to pray. And the child looks like, look, where are you coming from? I'm thirsty, I want to drink water. Ah, you thought it became fine. You look like, is this supposed to be a joke or something? And while you are talking, the child lies back again and falls asleep. Wake up in the morning before you and has gone outside to go and play. She is holiday now. It just run up and down. Ah, uh-uh. ah. You know that kind of attitude. She said, I want to say, Lord, if you are with me, I pray finish so I can give testimony. Because <laughs> I didn't want you to think it's the power of your prayer, but it's my power. Because sometimes people make that mistake. They want to come and testify and say, Lord, that day we stood like this. And we began to, we began to, and then we began to punch. We began to punch. At the end of the day, they've taken the glory and given to all the 
the punching. So God said, before you spoil it, let me quickly do it. So when you ask, what did God do? What happened? He said, we thank God. You have nothing to say. God said, at least my glory is complete. Bow your heads and say, Lord, thank you. For making this year a year of testimonies for me. Bow your heads and say, Lord, thank you. For making this year a year of testimonies for me. Just say, Lord, I thank you for making it a year of testimonies.